Welcome to Animated Excellence. I'm your host, Anakit. Uh, today, I have a guest star. Introduce yourself. Uh, hi, it's me again. Uh, I ball. So. Hi. Um, he's been on here a couple times, and he's joining me today to talk about the Christopher Nolan movie, uh, Tenet. And because it is itself, it's a really great movie, but it's very convoluted and complicated. So for that reason, I'm uh, declaring this episode as a spoiler episode. So if you have not seen the film, uh, please click off because we will be spoiling it throughout the entire episode. But with that in mind, let's get into the discussion. Here on Animated Excellence, we have four different categories for discussion, uh, story and characters, uh, visuals and cinematography, uh, the acting and performances, and finally, spoiler talk, which is now redundant. Oh, well. Um, I also want to add a special category for this episode, uh, the music, the soundtrack, because that is something that's really big about this film that I really want to talk about. So in place of spoiler talk, we'll talk about the music. Sound good? Cool. All right. So let's start with the story and characters. What did you think of that? All right. So I was thinking about this before, um, and I'm going to start off with an immediate spoiler. Um right off the bat i like it yeah dang i gotta remember the character names what's the so you have the protagonist you have neil you have cat and you have Seder. so let's see neil um right at the end of the movie he meant uh the protagonist like he's like who hired you and he's like neil said you did and in the future yeah but also past him and it's like so confusing it's so confusing it's yeah. future him but he goes to the past to hire him and then that's just so cool because it's like he's known him the whole time mm-hmm. and then the protagonist is gonna know him the whole time yeah exactly so it's gonna be kind of I don't want to say inverted because that's a word that's in this movie a lot <laughs> but it's kind of a the situation flips like first you see in the movie uh neil doesn't know well the protagonist doesn't know who neil is but then later after the movie or before the movie i don't know uh, (laughs) uh when they're hanging out together uh the events in this movie have technically happened already for the protagonist so he already knows Neil very well, but Neil doesn't know him very well. This doesn't make... This is very convoluted. Yeah, we're probably going to be saying, I don't know a lot. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Um, I just love the fact that this film, not only is the title a palindrome, but the entire movie is symbolic of that. It is a palindrome. Uh, and if you don't know what that is, it's a word that is spelled... Uh, the same backwards and as it is forwards so like the the name hannah that's the same forwards and backwards mm-hmm. so tenet forward backwards the plot obviously it's not like you could reverse the movie literally uh that's not how any of this works but uh, i'm talking about the sequence of events uh so if you're super confused by this movie which most people are i would highly recommend a video by cinema wins uh, you know, it's like cinema sins, but like they count the good things instead of the bad. Uh, they did a great uh, four to five minute explainer video on Tenet. Uh, just search up Tenet Cinema Wins and find part zero. 
because then they did two episodes breaking down the actual movie so but it's really good check it out um but yeah i've had to look at explainers and stuff to figure out the structure of the movie and like figure out who's where when like how things work uh it's it's very very confusing but uh that cinema wins video broke it down as five main set pieces in the film they define it as like the action uh sequences and i think that's a pretty good way of thinking about it you first have the uh opera heist uh just at the uh kiev opera Mm -hmm. then you have the uh oslo freeport sequence then you have the car chase in Tallinn, and then you have that same car chase but backwards and then we go back to the oslo freeport and then you go back to the day of the kiev opera siege but instead of being in Kiev, it's actually at Stalsk 12, uh, which was where the um, the thing was, the, the the wherever the algorithm was supposed to be for the, uh, the um, end of the world. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So the algorithm is basically this thing um, that basically if you get all nine parts of it, it's a formula rendered into physical form. Uh, which makes no sense, but okay. I'm, there's a point where you just have to roll with the movie if you're going to enjoy it. That's Apparently, that's around where it, it is. It was like a box that Seder could use to get future mm-hmm. items. Yeah, so it would basically invert the entropy of the entire world, uh, which would mean, uh, in Neil's words, end of play, it, uh, a.k.a. the end of the world. Um, yeah, so you're stopping that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Uh, this whole thing is super confusing, um, but it's really, really interesting the whole time. Uh, you have all these uh, these set pieces, these action scenes that um, I think all of them have some form of the, um, some part of it is in reverse. Mm-hmm. So like if you're thinking of the opening scene, which is the least complicated scene in the film, um, you have uh, someone shoot an inverted bullet to save the protagonist. Guess who that is? It's Neil, uh, but you don't know it yet. Um, then you have the uh, the Freeport in Oslo, where you have the um, uh, someone who's inverted who's fighting the protagonist at the same time, which first is cool because you have someone... Uh, backwards fighting someone going forwards it's so cool and then you find out that it is in fact the protagonist fighting himself um and they have these vests so that they don't touch each other because if they do um again death um and then they have like what the car chase in Tallinn um the yeah these all have like elements of something that is reversed and I think that they use this concept to its full potential really it's super cool how they um like it, during that car chase you see a a a, uh, a car uh unflip itself and go back into driving when i first saw that clip in the trailer my mind was blown i was like oh my goodness wow not only just driving, this looks so but cool driving backward i mean i yeah. also thought about that and i just gotta add this like in reverse he would be driving faster but in real time it would look like he's driving slower explain so all right i thought about this really in depth all right so when 
he's going forward in a car to try and catch up. Mm-hmm. Going forward, he would be going backward, so it would look like he's slowing down, I think. Ah, uh, how did I explain this to myself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, like, the way I see it, it's all happening the same. Oh, are you mean, meaning as he increases speed, it looks like he's decreasing speed? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? That, okay, yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like, I was thinking about if you, like, spill a bottle of water, um, there's a point where it becomes very sudden because it's an accident, right? Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it is anyway, where the water bottle goes out of your control. Uh, but if you, like, took a video of that and then played it in reverse, it would go really fast and then go really slow back into your hand. Right? Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? I think, yeah. It's... Yeah. Oh, yeah, that is very interesting. Um, that's why backwards footage is so much fun to look at because of the different speeds and stuff. So that's cool. Also, can we talk about how we did a lot of this practically? Yeah. Like a lot of this was real. There was very few VFX. It was actual, like someone actually had to drive a car backwards. Yeah. Um, just so cool. (laughs) It's so complicated. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, I liked the part where, um, they kind of reveal that Seder is planning to kill himself to end the world. And then from that point, they have to go, Cat <laughs> has to go back to convince him to, um, you know, not kill himself. Well, not convince him, to try to keep him from doing that. Yeah, and they dies. don't know it's the inverted self, future self of themselves at the same time. Well, this is very hard to explain yeah it is very um, hard to explain but like you know what i mean right yeah. anyone who's seen the film uh and it should be listening to this knows what i mean yeah um <laughs> I also i'm trying to think if anyone's breaking the rules and listening <laughs> to this without uh Watching the movie. without having seen the film they will probably have very much be regretted able to follow <laughs> they'd be like they, they'd probably think i'm going crazy yeah, they think we're <laughs> insane it's a very yeah. good point <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, we're not insane. Christopher Nolan is. Blame him, not me. <laughs> not me. <laughs> He's the mastermind be- behind the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. So enough about me. What? What? Uh. What else did you like about it? Um. So in the battle scene when they were going to stop like the machine and ending the world, mm-hmm. uh, I liked the reverse battle scene because. The people going backwards start fighting when the battle's already over. And yeah, that is just such a weird concept. Yeah. (laughs) So Uh, so confusing, but so cool. And then let's see. I want to say Cat sort of like (laughs) screwed everybody's plans up multiple times. Yep. She got in the (laughs) way a lot. Yeah. Um. That part where she kills Seder too early. Mm-hmm. I, I, first time I was watching the film, I was like, why did you do that? Yeah. Ugh, why? She's but then I realized... They had figured it out. <laughs> yeah, uh, but then I realized that uh, it was because her son was coming back to the boat and she didn't want them to see each other in that mm-hmm. context. But like, still, oh man, just wait like two more minutes. <laughs> Oh man, that was very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah yeah no i totally i love that scene especially that part uh they're at that point they're running what's called a temporal pincer movement um where basically one team is moving forwards in time the other team is moving back uh and the team that's moving forward has the benefit of knowing how the battle turns out because they have the information from the reverse team because they've already done it um yeah so that's i love that concept they use it multiple times throughout the movie and it turns out the entire movie has been one but later we'll get to that later but like that whole concept of like having one team going forward one team going backwards is such a cool strategy um i just like my mind was blown when they actually explained it and they used it to such great potential because when because the uh, final battle takes place over 10 minutes and at the middle they uh, need a distraction so that uh, the protagonist and the other Ives that they can get into the hypocenter. So at f the five minute mark, both teams shoot at the same building and it reverse ex explodes oh, yeah. and then explodes. It's so cool. Like the I top half over explodes as the bottom half repairs. And for the other team, it looks like the bottom half explodes and the top half repairs. I just couldn't get over that. It was so cool. Um, and then that whole thing about Neil uh, sacrificing himself to uh, save the protagonist. Mm -hmm. um, that was really, really cool. I think Neil is the best character in the movie. Um, I mean, I would say uh, that's an unpopular opinion, but really, there's not really that much to go with. Because like, a problem in this movie is that the characters aren't really that well developed or have personalities. Neil is the closest thing. Uh, he's the funniest character and also, you know, uh, actually is really important. Very likable. Mm -hmm. I never thought I'd say Robert Pattinson was the best character in a film, but here we are. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, but anyway, he basically, he uh, inverts himself. Well, he was inverted. He was on the blue team mm -hmm. going backwards. He uninverts himself um, to... Warn them. to to try to warn them and fails because they already go inside and they're trapped, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then, so he uh, goes into a truck above the hypocenter and tosses like a, a rope or something down so that the Neil and the, and well, the protagonist and Ives can get out uh, before the explosion, right? So he does that. And then after that, he, after the battle's won, he inverts himself to sacrifice himself to save, to unlock the the gate uh, between them, the Ives and the protagonist and the hypocenter, and also sacrifices himself so that uh, uh, protagonist doesn't die. Mm. Um, that's just so, it, it, it was so confusing when I was watching it, but then after having it explained out to me, just like having all of this took so much thought and planning. And it's just, I don't even think this is a review. I'm not gonna title this a review. I'm just gonna title this an appreciation of the film. Cause I don't even, even think we're criticizing it. We're, we're just appreciating it for all the cool stuff that's in this movie. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just some mind blowing stuff. Um, and a lot of people have criticized this film for being very convoluted. And maybe, maybe Christopher Nolan could have done a slightly better job of making this less convoluted. Uh, and improve the character stuff. I will concede that. But, like, you never see this kind of movie. Like, a couple of weeks later, we watched Wonder Woman 1984, which was just the blandest, dumbest superhero movie. 
and it is the epitome of just generic Hollywood movie. And I was thinking, how could people like distenet? Because that's such an innovative and just groundbreaking it's film, and on, it's so unique, right? And okay, fine, it has some problems, but then people like hated this film. Um, it's because people right? aren't but, smart like, enough to understand it. Okay, that's a bit of a pretentious <laughs> view. Us and our I, big there are brains. people who <laughs> there are people who think like that. It's a little sad, <laughs> but like, yeah, even if like you don't understand the movie, you can still appreciate it on its technical fronts, which we'll get into mm-hmm. later. But like, you never see this kind of movie. This kind of just brilliant kind of concepts and stuff this is very rare the amount of so, effort put yeah. into it must have been enormous because again figuring out how physics work in reverse reverse engineering physics would not be an easy task yeah these all these little things like you can't um breathe inverted air you can't um how he drives the car i still don't understand that how, how he drives an inverted car oh god it's, yeah he picks that up really quickly i still don't get it I mean, i've seen the film like no. three times <laughs> yeah um it's like you're trying to slow down when you want to speed it like is that how it would work <laughs> what i don't know it's so weird but it's so cool at the same time <laughs> also they're like friction works in reverse and i'm like what would that mean yeah, I mean, I guess if you, uh, I don't know, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, it's so confusing. You get a headache thinking about it, but oh, it's the, still just so cool. I gotta say, I do like the fact that, like, heat makes you freeze in reverse. That was amazing. I, I cool loved concept. that. You might be the first case of hypothermia from a gasoline explosion mm-hmm. in history. <laughs> um, yeah. I also love how self-referential the movie is. Like, it knows it's super complicated. Mm-hmm. Like, the, at multiple times, does it, at, like uh, Neil says, does your head hurt yet? <laughs> you know. Um, oh, yeah. It's it's great. And yeah. the fact... Okay, I want to go, like, over... They don't waste any time in the movie. Like, every second is going over something. Yeah, this isn't a movie where you can like go to the bathroom halfway through. You, you have to you have to be sitting in the theater or in your seat um to see this. Like it is truly very like a lot of mental processing it has to be happening. Mhm. Yeah. Um Michael Caine should have been in it more though. Uh he plays uh Sir Michael Crosby. Um yeah, he's in every Christopher Nolan movie, almost every Christopher Nolan movie, and like, come on, man, you should have been in it more. Because you know he, he was fun, mm-hmm. anyway. But yeah, it was it was good. I really liked the script. Oh, yeah. uh, is there anything else you have to say, uh, script wise? What else? No, not really. Yeah. What well, What was your favorite action scene in the movie? Because I mentioned there's five set pieces, but like there's also some smaller action sequences. So what was your say. favorite? Just the battle and the, near the end, that was probably my favorite. That was fantastic. Yeah, a lot of people say it's the uh, the Talin car chase, but for me it is definitely the battle at Stalsk 12. Just all the all the concepts really, like mm-hmm. <laughs> the part where a building unexplodes and someone gets trapped inside the debris, uh, the part where um, they explode that building and it unexplodes. Like just 
all these cool concepts just fully just come together at this part of the movie and it's just mind-blowing and just just fantastic yeah i also do really like this scene where the protagonist has to fight himself yeah that was a very cool scene i will say all right so let's move on to uh the uh what was it what's my second category visuals and cinematography there it is i haven't forgotten um what did you think of that uh well any of the cgi it blended really well i mean Mm. if he used infamous little cgi so there wasn't that that much but the ones Uh, the parts that there were it blended really well and yeah yeah if he used any well he probably did not quite a bit of the stuff can't be uh executed but like yeah it it blended really well Mm -hmm. and like some of the things that he managed to accomplish are mind-blowing like getting someone to drive a car backwards at that speed is insane uh um kenneth Branagh had to learn how to speak backwards as the villain like he actually not only did he have to maintain that accent which was a little inconsistent i'll give it that but like he also had to like talk backwards yeah um so just just like all the things that have to go into executing this on a technical level it's outstanding even if you don't like the movie just like the technical stuff is absolutely fantastic it's just man it's such a good movie yeah um also i forgot to ask you this beforehand um did you see it how did you see it the film uh we like rented it oh yeah um but um something cool about it is um did you rent it on disc or on digital uh digital ah yeah um there is an advantage to seeing it on disc i don't want to sound elitist or whatever (laughs) but the disc version actually has the imax sequences like in their uncropped form like the aspect ratio does change in those scenes Uh. um and like there's a huge uh like the huge frame but even if you don't have the advantage of the IMAX sequences uh, and it's just cropped normally, it's just so well shot. It's like the visual is crisp. Like a- any scene that's on sea, the the blue tint of the sea is just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like it's so well shot and uh, it doesn't do that annoying thing in action movies where they have to cut every two seconds. It- it's all filmed very cohesively, even if the movie isn't, uh, very cohesive at least the action sequences are to the point where you can still understand what's going on visually um, but it's so well done visually I have a question that I just thought of how would mm-hmm. drowning work in reverse how would drowning work in reverse that's because you're question. not inhaling well, water because it's going backwards right so I guess how that would work is that if you're saying someone died drowning... You would technically suffocate because the air is still going in reverse, so it's going out of your lungs. Huh. But... I didn't think of that. Wow, that's so much to think about. So you oh, couldn't goodness. technically drown. You would still suffocate, right? Right, actually, yes. Right? I don't know. That's I, this a is a lot question. of thinking. Oh. Uh, wow we should ask christopher nolan (laughs) get their logic teams on the job 
Yeah, like, whoa. <laughs> um, yeah, it is very cool, though. Um, also, visually, I liked the... Um, what was it? The Battle at Stalsk 12. I liked how well that was shot because of the... Um, like, <laughs> it, it literally takes place in an abandoned ghost town, but it looks beautiful mm-hmm. anyway. <laughs> Like, come on, that takes, like, serious cinematography chops to actually make a literal deserted town look gorgeous. Uh, the director of photography on this movie, Hoyt Van Hoytema, there's a 9 out of 10 chance I said that wrong. Um, he He's a really good cinematographer. I've seen a lot of his other work. and But, like, wow, he really did a great job on this. Mm-hmm. I, I will be very mad if he doesn't get an Oscar nomination for Best Cinematography because it was so beautiful. This, yeah, I mean, cool. It, it, uh, one word to describe the movie is just amazing. I don't know. Yeah, just amazing. Put that on the DVD <laughs> box. <laughs> um, yeah. So, any other things you want to have say on the uh, visuals? Um, no, don't think so. All right. Well, I think we can move on to the acting. Uh, contrary to the 20 minutes we spent on the story, uh, I don't think we have much to say on the acting because uh, mm-hmm. it, it's, probably went it's over fine. It. Yeah, we probably already went over it and there's like not that much. The actors do the job that they're given, mm-hmm. but like they don't have that much to do. I'd say the only... <laughs> Their scripts... Mm-hmm. The script doesn't give them any characters to act yeah. as. I'd say the problem with it is how I was talking about how they go over a lot of information it does make it a little hard for the characters because i mean there's no time to put in emotion they just got to get the information out yeah exactly <laughs> that that's how i uh, thought of it but like man if he had really like if he actually gave the characters like development gave them personalities um like this could have been this would have been a 10 out of 10 movie if he had done that but like I don't know. It's like, for me, the movie's like an 8 or a 9, but like it can never be a 10 for me because he just never put in the effort to develop characters, which is kind of frustrating. Um, and like the little bits he does just feel infuriating, like Cat killing Seder too early. Like, come on! I screamed at the screen when she did that. Um, yeah. Um, so like the only emotion bits are infuriating. Um, yeah, so I really wish he did he did a better job at that. I will say, I have said already that Robert Pattinson is the best part of this movie um, as Neil. Uh, John David Washington's fine. Uh, Elizabeth Debicki is fine. Everyone's fine. Uh, I have to applaud Kenneth Branagh for being able to talk backwards in a Russian accent. That, that like, serious chops. Round of applause there, because, wow. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Um, so, last category to discuss, uh, this is the one I added just specifically for this movie, is to talk about the soundtrack, the music. Uh, so what did you think of that? All right. Do you have any I'm thoughts? I'm going to re-listen to it because um, I don't remember it all that well. I was too focused on the story to listen to it. Uh, yeah. But um, what I remember is it's pretty dang good. I mean, yeah, definitely uh, this big uh, pounding soundtrack that's just really good. 
um, the scene uh, at the beginning with the opera siege that I've listened to the soundtrack a hundred times uh, since seeing the movie. Um, so the scene through the opening with uh, uh, what was it? The um, what's the name of the track? Rainy Night in Tallinn. That's yeah. the name of the track, and it's so good. Like there's a point where like it sounds like there's a tornado siren or something. And it's incorporated in the track, and it sounds musically good. Yeah. Like, you have to be a really good composer to make a tornado siren sound kind of it's thing. It's hard to get that Sound very beat. good musically. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think it's a real tornado siren, <laughs> but it sounds like that. It has that effect, and it's, like, it's so good. You made an alarm sound cool. Um, and then the scene that uh, the uh, music that plays during the the climax the battle scene at uh Stalsk 12 that we've talked about a hundred times um that is also just a really great soundtrack it does add a lot um, of suspense to it i can say that mm-hmm, definitely it's not a typical film score because it has you know it's very electronic mm-hmm. type um i kind of like that though it's still really good yeah it's really good it works in this movie's favor uh so hans zimmer was supposed to do the music for this movie but he was busy doing something else because uh, he's done a- almost all of Christopher Nolan's movies. So instead they got uh, Ludwig Gorenson. A lot of hard-to-pronounce names uh, in the credits of this movie. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he did a great job, and I hope he gets the best uh, music nomination. And you know what's cool? Because of the pandemic, all of the musicians had to record their parts at home, and they had to mix it all together. Like, man... It sounds really good. You wouldn't be able to know. It sounds like it was professionally recorded in a studio, but like it's so good. Also, the scene, the theme for Seder. You, do you remember the heavy breathing sound effect? I think yeah. Yeah, you know who recorded that? Christopher Nolan himself. They used his own breathing, <laughs> the director's breathing in the soundtrack. They're just like, hey, director, we need you to just you know breathe just breathe a little bit (laughs) uh yeah that is actually how that conversation (laughs) happened like can you please breathe for us uh (laughs) no problem um yeah no problem sure (laughs) um but yeah it's it's a really good soundtrack It, it works so well i normally don't like you know electronic music and stuff but it just works extraordinarily well in this movie um yeah it's just it's so good. I cannot overstate how well made this movie mm-hmm. is. It's extraordinary. Uh, do you have any other remarks you want to add uh, over any category? Oh, man. I'd have to think about it. It just went over so much. I mean, mm-hmm. the... Oh, yeah, the suicide pills. That was also a big part at the beginning of the movie. Because mm-hmm. it's like that small silver capsule, um, mm-hmm. and he takes that. But Sater also has one at the end of the movie. So was that also a fake pill? Oh, yeah. Didn't he say it was lended to him by the CIA? I don't remember. And the fake one that the protagonist had was also from the CIA? Yeah. I wonder if that was fake. That's, I huh. mean, because in that case, no one would have actually been in danger, right? Right, but then if Seder realized he hadn't died, he'd probably find some other way to kill himself, but still. Well, yeah, but they would have had more time, and, you know. Yeah. Oh, well. Still, what if the pill was real? That, too. Um, 
Yeah. Um, that's cool. Um, yeah. Just a great movie. Um, if you've already seen it, and you should have if you're still here, um, watch it again. <laughs> yeah. Normally at this point I say, you know, uh, check the movie out if you haven't seen it. But, like, you know, <laughs> anyone who hasn't seen the film definitely isn't listening this far. Because, come on, they, they would be like, what are these people talking about? I'm going to listen to something else. Um, yeah. Um, just great movie. I loved it. Um, all right. Well, that is it. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Animated Excellence. Uh, new episodes are out whenever I feel like it. <laughs> and don't forget to hit follow if you're listening on Spotify. Uh, cool. Heck yeah. See you later. Oh, also check out um, i 8 Ball's YouTube channel. Link in the description to that. Oh, yeah. All right, cool. All right. Now I'm done. Bye. <sighs>